0: I'm five minutes behind my schedule, so I'm going to have to race. Thank you for being uh, patient and uh, just understanding that today is different and this text requires this extra time. And uh, I, hope, I hope this next part really will be an incredible blessing and encouragement to you. Let's just ask the Lord to help again. Lord, thank you that we can uh, have a little break uh, in between these two things, these two points. And now, Lord, as we look at the positive aspect, we've looked at the negative, do not be conformed. And now we look at the positive, but be this, be conformed. Be conformed and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lord, we are called to conformity to Jesus Christ, and in so doing that causes us to understand how important it is to oppose that which is against him. So now, Lord, as we consider these positives... May they be helpful, practical, and a blessing to us uh, as a local church. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12 verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's what we're looking at. So second point is simply this. I must be transformed by means of renewal or the renewing of my mind again paul says don't do this do this both commands you can't do one without the other they're intrinsically connected i'm so glad the lord doesn't leave us in the dark about how is it that i'm supposed to put off the evil and put on the right he doesn't say just don't be conformed and that's it he says don't be conformed instead be this Wonderful transition there. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, you will know by now that your mind is where the battle for truth is fought. Your mind. In other words, conquer the mind and you'll win the war. The internal man controls the external man. The deeds of the flesh, what we do is fueled by the meditations of the mind. If you want to change a man's behaviour, you must first change his mind. In other words, repentance. When we say repentance, you know what repentance simply is? It's a change of mind that results in a change of lifestyle. That's repentance. It's not in my notes, but I'm just going to quickly say this because it's necessary. In church and in evangelism, we must never try to change the externals of a person without informing the mind of the truth. Because what we will have is people who look like Christians and are as far from God as anybody else. In fact, further. They dress right, they sing right, they say the right things, but they have no relationship with God. What a tragedy that is. Repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of a lifestyle. So, to renew one's mind, what is it? Well, it means to be renovated, to be refreshed, to be remodeled in our thinking. Now, here's an interesting truth, church, for us to understand. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Not something we have to try and get. We have the mind of Christ. But just because we have the mind of Christ does not mean that we walk in the mind of Christ. We are called to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly and to think on things that are honorable, just, pure, lovely and commendable. Philippians 4 and verse 8. It is our responsibility individually, personally to put into effect renewing our mind. And then God promises to transform us. This is what God says. Do not conform, but instead renew your mind. If you renew it, I'll transform you. So here's the other end of it. If you see a Christian who you say, wow, they are just so transformed. How did that happen? They have renewed their mind and opposed cultural conformity. That's how that happened. They've renewed their mind. So in this final session for us this morning, we're just going to ask this simple question. How then can I renew my mind? That's what we want. That's what I want. I want my mind to be renewed day by day. And I want to live this Christian life as I'm supposed to. So how can I do it? Well, I have five answers for you. Actually, I think I added one. I have six answers for you. And we'll go through them quickly. Number one. Read the word of God. I think it's interesting. When God wanted to communicate truth to his people. He didn't make a video. He didn't compel Charlton Heston to produce a dramatized audio Bible that we could play on our MP3 player. As inspiring as that man's voice is. You know what he did? He inspired, he breathed out his message and communicated his truth to us in a book. In a book which is to be read. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me, please, this morning. I'm thrilled that we have the technology to watch and listen to spiritual truths. But we must not replace the reading of God's word with other forms of spiritual media. You say, well, but I can listen to that audio Bible. I, I know you can, but God called you to read his word. Come back to that in a moment. It is essential that every Christian is being washed by the word. Paul, speaking of the husband's responsibility to teach the wife, he says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Did you know that when you get into the word of God and just read, you are taking a spiritual bath? You are. The dirt and all the things of this life that you've been involved in all day long, all week long, are slowly being taken off you as you bathe and wash in the word. That's the point of it. Now, with each of these or most of these little um, answers to our question, I want to give you a couple of objections too and then answer them. Because a lot of time there's objections to these things. So I say, number one, read the word of God. Here's the objection. Someone says, but I'm just not a reader. I've heard that all my life. I'm just not a reader. Let me give you the answer to that. You better become one. Because your responsibility as a Christian is to read the word. Our predisposition to do or not do something is not based upon fleshly desire. Church, I often don't want to read the word. You say, what? What? Truly, there are times where I get up in the morning, I get up early with the intention of reading my Bible, and sometimes I'm tired. I don't want to read. I want some more sleep. But you know what? If I obey my flesh, then I deny what God asks me to do, what God calls me to do. To do So whether I want to or not is not the reason as to whether I will or will not. My flesh often will say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. My flesh cannot be trusted. My heart cannot be trusted. I must base it on what God's revealed word says. And it says, read the book. Objection number one. Objection number two is, well, I can't read very well. Can we have a number of people in our assembly who would say that. And that's true. They can't read very well. Here's the answer. Get help. You say, what do you mean? Spend money and time to develop your literacy ability. What could be more important than reading God's word? What could be of more value than being able to understand God's revealed revelation here in the pages of Scripture If you need to, find an easier translation that is accurate and trustworthy. If you need help with that, talk to me about it. I can't read very well. Well, let's get the help you need. Maybe the third objection. I don't want to read the word. You probably know what my answer to this is. The answer is repent. Repent and do it. Your self-interest and your apathy need to be repented of. And ask God to give you a desire for his word. Ask him to put within you a desire. Even on those mornings when I get up and everything within me says, you're tired, you, you can't do this. At time of prayer, it's, it's just not, it's too hard. Within me there is still this desire that comes from the Holy Spirit and it is a decision. And I face this decision often. The decision is, will I obey the Spirit that is niggling at me to say, just read, you know you'll appreciate it and it'll be a benefit to you. And my flesh saying, just have another hour of rest. We face that dilemma and we need to overcome that dilemma by obedience. The last objection here to reading the Word of God is the Bible is boring. The answer... If you find the scriptures dull and dry, and I do sometimes, and so do you, if you're honest, keep reading because you will either discover one of two things. Either you are not truly saved, which means it's black words on a white paper that do nothing for you, or God will invigorate your spirit to greater heights of joy and discovery in his word because you obeyed. There are times where I have gotten up and I'm in the middle of the book of Leviticus. And I'm reading about these laws that don't relate to me anymore. And I think, boy, this is hard work. I'm reading Obadiah the other day. And it just, I don't know what's going on. You keep on reading. And then suddenly, uh, having made that decision, I'm finding this dry and dull. And then just a few moments later, I find the Lord brings something out of this text. And I think, wow. I'm so glad I was reading Leviticus. I'm so glad I was reading Obadiah. Whatever the case, God will invigorate your heart because the spirit that put this together is the spirit that lives within and he will enliven the text to you. So read the word of God. How else can I renew my mind? Number two, meditate on the word of God. The author of Psalm 1 writes, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The result is he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, and whatever he does will prosper. Let me tell you what meditation is. The difference between reading and meditation, this is meditation. Some of you have come from farming. I have no idea about farming, but I know this much. Cows chew their cud. You see them all day long just chewing away. I used to get told off in church, don't chew chewing gum because you look like a cow eating its cud. That's my history. And I learned what that meant because I didn't know what cud was. So I went and had a look and you see these cows. They're just chewing this cud. They're chewing it and then they're swallowing it and regurgitating it and doing it and doing it all day long. And what a boring life. However, meditation, therefore... Is taking a verse. It's taking a phrase. It's taking a passage. Whatever it is that God has given to you for that day or that time. And I am mentally assessing it all day long in between my customers in the shop I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about that thing that I learned so let's take serve the Lord with gladness I'm thinking what does it mean to serve who am I serving the Lord how should I serve with gladness and I'm thinking and thinking what does that service look like uh, where should that service be and I am just mentally going over and, over and over and looking at it from every single direction getting every ounce of spiritual juice from it when did you last do that Many people read the scriptures, much fewer meditate on them, much fewer let them be the thought throughout the day and regularly return to it. We need to do that. Joshua 1 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do all that is written in it. For then God will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Did you know what the definition of success is? Meditation on God's word. It's what Joshua 1.8 says. You will have great success if you will meditate and obey the law of God. One way of renewing your mind is to meditate on the scripture day and night. Number three. So first of all, read the word of God. Number two, meditate on the word of God. Number three, we get harder. Getting harder. Study. The word of God. We have lots of readers. We have fewer meditators. We have almost no students. You know why? It's hard. It's hard. I have to actively... Find a time and a place where my energy and my mental uh, ability is able to be used to get into this book and study it. You see, this is the problem, I think, with the most, well, this is the biggest problem in church today, is that we have a whole bunch of undiscerning Christians today in church. And you know why? It's because they haven't studied the deeper truths of God's word. If your only study comes as a result of a Sunday morning preaching, you have real problems. This will help. What we're doing will help you, but nowhere near as much as if you personally study and develop in the truths of God's word. You will have a shallow Christianity if you don't study. We need men and women like Ezra, of whom it is said, he set his heart to study the law of God. Ezra 7:10. Don't make the mistake that study is reserved for the pastors and preachers of the church. Every Christian needs to obey the command of Paul that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, able then to rightly divide the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study the word. Here's some objections for us. I can't afford the time to study. The answer, you can't afford not to. Studying the word of God has eternal value. Eternal value. Most of the things we do each day are of temporal value. Invest in eternity. The second objection, which I hear much more, and I believe it's a true objection, and I want to be available for this one. I don't know how to study. Fair enough. It's the job of the preachers and the teachers to show you how to study. So the answer is, come talk to me. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll help you to see greater things from the Word, not because I have a greater understanding of the Word necessarily, but because I have spent many, many years in studying the Word and I can show you at least some tips. How can I get more out of this passage? How can I see more here? How can I discover things for myself from the Word of God? Recently, uh, we men did a study on some of these things uh, here on a Tuesday night and we got the whole course. You could take that and learn how to study the Word better. It's a great thing and you know what there's nothing like sometimes I'm glad some people aren't here on a Friday when I'm in my office because every now and then I do a discovery dance so what happens is I'm in the office there and I'm reading something and I I get my my Greek New Testament out or I get something out and I find something and oh there's a holler from the office woohoo have I found something there's a discovery and you know what nobody else has found it in the history and then I go to my commentaries and they've all seen the same thing and suddenly you get a bit depressed but The discovery, the self-discovery of here is something in the word of God that I didn't see and oh, it's enthralling. If you've never had a discovery dance, you need to have one. You need to. You need to find in the scripture something exciting that goes, wow, I never saw that before. That's just amazing. That's what comes as a result of studying. Answer number four, how can I renew my mind? We're almost there. Memorise the word. Of God. The psalmist wrote, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The ESV says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have put the author, by the way, who I believe is Ezra of Psalm 119, he says, This is the one who studied the word earlier I mentioned. I believe it's Ezra who says, I've put the words of this book into my heart so that when temptation comes, when difficulty comes, I can call to my mind the answer to this situation. And you know where we see that more than anywhere? Matthew chapter 4, the Lord Jesus in the desert with Satan, three times temptation occurs. What does Jesus do? He, re, uh, he quotes from Deuteronomy as an opposition to the temptation. If that's what Jesus Christ did, how much more must we do that? Learn some scripture. Now, an objection that I hear all the time on this one is my mind is unable to store verses of scripture. I recognize that may be a reality for some. There are those Christians, perhaps, who are struggling with dementia or other things like that, and it's just very hard. No problem. Write a verse on a card, put it in your pocket. Pull it out at your lunch break. Pull it out during the day and just read over that one verse. Don't try and memorise a whole book. Just take a verse and memorise that and learn it so that it's in your heart and make sure it's something that's uh, needed. If your sin, if you're struggle in the area of lust, make sure you learn some verses that are going to oppose that. If your struggle is uh, are pursuing wealth, learn verses in that regard. Learn what it is that's going to affect the chink in your armour. Put them in your heart and call them to mind. That will renew your mind throughout the day. Number five, answer five, one to go. How can I renew my mind? Hear the preaching of God's word. Sitting under clear, expository Bible teaching and preaching is essential to the growth of every Christian. It is my responsibility, the Bible makes it clear, to preach the word, and I've said this so many times over the years if there comes a time where the word of God is not central to the ministry of this local church, please sack me. We have lost everything. If we have lost the centrality of the preaching of God's word here, we've lost it. It'll be over. We will be conformed to the world. But you know what, church? It's your responsibility to listen. To learn and to obey. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, do not despise prophesying. Do not despise preaching. Don't think, oh, I don't want more preaching. We ought to say, I want more preaching. I want to hear more of what God has to say. I want to know what his word says for us. Now, at the time when I wrote my notes here, I didn't know this was how we were going to do it, but... I said, uh, I wrote here, so many Christians complain about the length of the sermon. Now, I didn't put that in there intentionally for today. But in church, we have people all over the place who complain about the length of a sermon or the preacher's outfit or the uncomfortable pews, and they lose sight of the Bible-believing, Christ-centered, God-exalting sermon, which has eternal value and brings about spiritual maturity. It's a bit difficult to separate this from me because I'm primarily responsible for the teaching and preaching. But in our church, we have the privilege of preaching from the word. We need to appreciate that and come. Let me me encourage us as a church. Come on a Sunday morning expecting God to do something in our midst. Come having prayed. Come having read. Come asking God to show me in my life what is it that you want me to learn today? I know that uh, the preacher has spent time in prayer and spent time in study. So now reveal to me specific truth that you want to work out in my life. If you all do that and I do my job, boy, we're going to grow in such spiritual maturity. It's going to be amazing. There's an objection real quick. Some of you, perhaps visitors, hopefully not regulars, say this. My pastor does not preach God's word. The answer to that question is leave. 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 Nothing is more important to your spiritual health and maturity than the fellowship of Bible-believing Christians and the teaching and preaching of God's word. Someone says, what should I do if there's not a church like that in my area? Move. You say, pack up my business? Yeah. Your business is not as important as your church. Under being under the word of God and being in a fellowship of like-minded godly believers who are going to build you up is more important than where your kids go to school is more important than your workplace it's more important than anything if you come from another place and you do not have a Bible-believing pastor or church move move and that is the advice I give to so many who ask me what shall I do that's what you need to do find one and move last one and we're done Big sigh of relief. Number six, how can I renew my mind? Maintain close fellowship with people of God's word. I cannot stress this enough. You know, there is nothing on earth like the fellowship of godly people. When men and women meet together to build one another up in the scriptures, it is a foretaste of glory divine. You know what we're going to be doing in heaven? Oh, sure, we're going to worship the Lord 24-7. There isn't even 24-7 in heaven. But you know what I mean. We're going to worship the Lord. But you know what we're going to be doing is we are going to be worshipping and fellowshipping around this truth for all eternity. So it ought to be heaven on earth for us. This ought to be an amazing thing for us to meet together and talk about spiritual things. This ought to be the highlight of the week. I get to talk about spiritual things. I get to hear spiritual things. I get to sing spiritual songs. I get to be a part of a local church that loves the truth of God's word. David said, I wonder if this is what you would say. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Were you glad? You go, here we go, church again. I was glad, I was thrilled, my heart was filled with joy that I can go to the house of God and worship him. What a joy that is. This is the kind of fellowship that Paul demonstrates in 1 Thessalonians 2.8 where he says this. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. Well, you get extra points for great endurance this morning, church, for listening to two sermons on a Sunday morning. I hope you see how important it has been to put them together. We can't oppose cultural conformity until we understand what it is to renew our minds and be transformed. Next week, Lord willing, we'll look at the final two. No, we won't. Two weeks later, after communion service, we'll look at the final two prerequisites to service. Lord, thank you for the time we've been able to spend in your word uh, in both messages. Thank you for uh, the endurance uh, of those here. Uh, And Lord, for these truths that we have looked at. Lord, you've called us to oppose conformity to this culture and this world. You've called us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. May we from this place decide that we are going to engage ourselves in your word. Day by day, night by night, hour by hour, both in reading, meditating, studying, talking about it. All these different matters we've spoken of this morning. Help us to be men and women of the scriptures that are concerned with what your revelation in our hands here has to say. Thank you for this time. As we close in song, may we continue to worship you with our hearts, in spirit and in truth, in Jesus' name.